Ryan Big Blue, bringing you the best of New York Jack Sports Talk Entertainment. I have to do everything exactly the same that I did the last couple weeks because you know what? I'm not superstitious. I'm not superstitious, but... I'm, I am a little stitious. I am a little stitious here at Online Big Blue. We gotta make sure we gotta keep the Giants winning streak going alive. Keeping it alive. Going to three in a row against the vaunted Dallas Cowboys. Uh, we got a couple things. I, I got a couple things that I want to talk about today. Because I want, I want to talk about something that, you know, was it, it was in the news yesterday. It's from, our, it's from our old buddy. Bringing you the smooth sounds of Kenny G. 72 million. Not worth it, as you can plainly see. That sound effect was created uh, a couple weeks after the signing of Kenny G. Was never a big fan of it. And I love how people that were huge fans of the signing, and even though we said it was going to wreck the salary cap and everything else, are all of a sudden saying, well, this was a bad sign. This was terrible. Oh, the Giants should never have done it. I knew it. You didn't know it. <laughs> you didn't know it because you loved it. Tons of people loved it. Thought it was the greatest signing ever, even though there was issues in Detroit with the fact that Many thought he could come back from the hit pointer. Many thought he was a little bit of a malcontent in the locker room. Many felt that he was just using the Detroit Lions to move out of Detroit because he said how much he loved Detroit. I love Detroit. And then when they offer him a contract, he says, eh, no, I'm good. And then he moved on into free agency, which you cannot blame a player because you know what? You lose in Detroit. You want to get some money. You want to get paid. My only thing is this. Did you go to a better situation that first year in New York than you would have been in Detroit? Probably not. Probably very much the same. But you got your $72 million. You went over market value. And all this has not, I have I, people are like, well, you just dislike him like you dislike Daniel Jones. I love the people that I, I did the video yesterday. And I love the people, the neophytes that get so upset. They get so mad about it. It, it, just, it just feeds me. It just feeds the beast. Because it just shows that I know how to push your button. I'm going to say it. Daniel Jones sucks. There you go. That'll all the people then will now turn around and say all these comments. You don't know this. You don't know this. Yeah, shut up. Um, but you know what? I, it's not that I don't like Kenny G as a person. I just felt he was never a fit for this offense. And so then he comes out yesterday after asking asked by the media about his lack of playing time, only getting two snaps. And he says, you know, uh, I, I, I don't like the, you know, I didn't like the decision whatsoever, calling it a little confusing. Of course, you know, I really don't agree with it or like it, but I can only control what I can control. That's coming to work every day, told reporters. I should be playing regardless. I mean, it is what it is. You know, it's a business. You know, I am here to be, I'm here, I'm not here to be friends with the coaches. You know, they are just coworkers to me. And then he came on to say, we're going to see how it goes. I came here to play. They're also paying me to play. They want to see more, I guess, or whatever situation on that end. I keep doing what I got to do so far as just coming in here each day. You know, and I love it because Brian Dable has come out and said before, you know, it's, you know, Kenny has handled this like a pro. And he said in uh, Dable's come out and said, it's a continuing competition at wide receiver. I've said it since when? I'm not being a jerk. I've said it since the middle of camp, right? It hasn't changed. It's going to be continual competition. That's what Dable said. We're going to just keep our uh, keep on rolling guys in plays and guys that week that we think can give us the best chance, and other guys got to get ready to back as backups. All right, you know, I, I agree to a point with the Dable, and you can't sit there and and fault the guy right now who's two and zero. Some can say some will say it's a lucky two and zero, but you can't fault the guy that's two and zero. 
But you cannot sit there with a straight face and tell me that Richie James and David Wrongway Sills give you a better opportunity to win than Kenny G. You can't. I'm sorry. You you can't. And I laugh because this this kind of smells like Golden Tate. Now, we're going to get into that in a minute. We are going to get into that in a minute. But you can't tell me that. And I love it because I, I, I mentioned that in the comment yesterday. And someone says, well, production begs to differ. Okay, Kenny G, I mean, let's see. Wrong way, David Sills has got like 43 yards in two games. Richie James has barely cracked 100 yards in two games. He's Richie James has played well. Richie James has played about what I expected him to. You know, four or five catches, about 50 yards. But that's what he's going to give you. He's been in the league for five years. There's not going to be many surprises with Richie James. You have a man that you are paying, not $72 million, because it's not guaranteed, like $36 million. He has shown that he has the ability. He's shown he has ability going back to Detroit. I've, I've argued the point that a lot of that could have been playing in a dome. A lot of that could have been playing with Matthew Stafford. And that's what we're going to get to in a minute as well. And I find, these are things that I find interesting. But to continuously say this is an open competition, that's great and all. But at the end of the day, you have to play your best talent. And you cannot sit there with a straight face and tell me your best talent consists of Richie James and David Sills over Kenny G and Darius Slayton. You can't. You can't tell me that talent-wise. They may not fit in your system. They may not fit in your philosophy, which is fine, but you cannot tell me talent-wise they are not better. I've said this before. You are an undrafted free agent for a reason. You are on the practice squad for three-plus years for a reason. You were let go by your former team for a reason. And that reason usually is they did not believe in your talent. So you can tell me that continuity-wise, these guys give you a better opportunity to win in your mind. But you cannot tell me talent-wise that these guys are better than the people you have on the bench. I will even argue to the point that Kadarius Toney, who I was not a fan with when they drafted him, gives them a better opportunity if he is on the field for multiple plays than Richie James and David Sills. He gives you a better opportunity to have big plays. But the problem is, if you're not allowing him to be on the field, your offense is going to sputter. Your offense is going to average like 263 yards a game. Unless you have Saquon Barkley busting out huge plays and running the clock because the offense is going to run through Barkley. Plain and simple. It's not that it's not that difficult. And then I love the people that come out and say, well, this is a, you know, this is a poor message. His messaging is bad. This is this. He shouldn't be talking like that. These are people that probably have never played anything competitively. These are people that are probably sit on the sidelines are playing no sports or, 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 or play tennis or golf or or shuffleboard. And will try to tell you that. As a professional athlete, as a competitive athlete, you always want to play. You always want to be on the field. It doesn't matter if you are making $100 or you are making $72 million. There's never a right way to say, I do not believe in what the coaching staff is doing. I do not believe that there's, this talent is better ahead of me. There is no right way to say it. But it comes out. 
And what happens is when it comes out, the media, the fans attack that player. Now, Kenny deserves to be attacked because his play has been putrid. But the problem is this. You attack the player. You're attacking the guy that just a year ago you were creaming over that the Giants signed and how we were going to go, you know, we were, we were going 15-0 and 0 or 15-1 and 1 or 15-2. and 2. We, were, we were going Super Bowl. And now that he did not fulfill your expectations, you are now sitting there and bashing him for saying that he wants to play. He wants to contribute. He wants to be a part of the team. And you're bashing him for that. And you're looking at it and you're saying, well, you know, uh, he's allowed to, you are, he is allowed to be frustrated because the Giants have had some, Giants have had some whoppers in reference to free agent busts. People forget about Carlos Edmonds, who got five years, 16 plus, that didn't do anything. You got JT Thomas back, I remember back in the day that, that did nothing for, the, for this team. And those were big contracts back in the time. You had LeVar Arrington, which got $7,049,000 coming off that injury. Again, he only played a couple games before he got hurt. You got, you got the big Nate Solder fiasco. But we've had some bad free agent signings in the past. And Kenny ranks up there right now, and I, I don't see how you can turn around and move on from him. And I love the idiot who posted yesterday, well, Tim, you don't understand that uh, the Giants can't get rid of him because of the salary cap. Really? And I even asked him, I said, do you just, before you post stupid comments, do you even listen before you post stupid comments? <laughs> because sometimes I think people don't. Because of the fact that we've talked about this before, there, 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 is, there, is, a, there is a quandary in reference to the salary cap, in reference to Kenny G, in reference to moving on. You're not, move, you're not moving on from him this year. You got a dead cap number of 30 plus. So you're not you're not you're not moving away from him in 2023. You're not trading him unless you got a team that's going to be willing to eat a lot of the contract. But a lot of the contract's already guaranteed. You got a dead cap number of only 14 in 2023. But you know it's it's one of those things that are you really going to eat 14 million dollars of your cap space? Which right now he accounts for 9.53 percent of your cap space in 2023. Leonard Williams counts for over 14, almost 15 percent of the caps of our cap space. But we're not gonna, we're not going to talk about that wonderful free agent signing. We're not going to talk about Leo the Lion. But all in all, like I said, I cannot fault I cannot fault Kenny G for wanting to play. I cannot fault a professional athlete if he even if he has bad messaging about wanting to play. I can't. I can't fault that at all. I, and like I said, I I can tell you this that it's a little you know like I said it's a little weird that his entire career has come to a grinding halt since he's been in the hands of Daniel Jones. I find that very, I find that very interesting because of the fact that you look at Golden Tate. Golden Tate, a model citizen. Golden Tate, a guy that everyone loved every stop he made from Seattle to Philadelphia. Golden Tate, a Super Bowl winner. Golden Tate, uh, the golden boy from Notre Dame. Has no problem in his has no problem in his NFL career until he stops at the Giants. Until he comes to the until he comes to Giants Stadium, and has Daniel Jones as his quarterback. All of a sudden, 
He's now a malcontent. All of a sudden, he's now an issue. Yes, I know the Peds thing was a problem. If you can buy his, you can buy his excuse or not that he did it because of the fact that he was trying to get his wife pregnant. But all of a sudden, he's the bad guy. All of a sudden, he went from being the Lone Ranger wearing the white hat to Dick Dastardly. And sitting there, and, 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 and it's interesting because, like I said, he had the audacity to challenge Daniel Jones. He had the audacity to get in the face of Daniel Jones and tell him, throw me the damn ball. He had that audacity. I don't know what the hell he was thinking. But at the end of the day, he all of a sudden was villainized. Is it a coincidence that another, and you could say that Golden Tate was not in his prime when he came here. You could say that 100%. And you can, but you cannot say that technically Kenny G is not in it was not in his prime, or I should say you cannot say that ten, Kenny G is not in his prime right now because Kenny G should be in his prime. But I find it interesting that these premier wide receivers careers take a a downward arc when they come to this town and play with Daniel Jones. I find I just find that. I find that curious. I really do. I find that curious. Uh, we also have Kayvon Thibodeau setting, uh, he sets reporters straight. He grew tired of answering questions about how he feels and he didn't hesitate to give let reporters and, and know it. And I love it. So is he a malcontent now that he let reporters know that how he felt? He says, I feel like y'all know the answers to everything you asked me. He said, just, he just smiled and said, you want to be smart and be healthy like a 17-game season. And he said, let's, take, let's just take it to a timeout. Let's decompress. Let's restart the camera. Let's roll back, he said. Only ask questions that you don't know the answers to. Okay, if, you do, if we don't know the answer, just ask them. But if you know the answers, I'm the only one that can go out there and play. So I'm the only one that can say if I'm able to play. Ooh, he sounds like he's a malcontent to me. Or is it just a guy who is tired of answering the same questions about when he's going to play? And again, these are always questions from people that never played the game, that never suited up, that never strapped it on. These real, and I'm and I'm not trying to say you, I'm not trying to say you cannot give an, a, a good analysis of a team or a game or something else if you haven't played the game. I'm not saying that whatsoever. But when you repeatedly ask the same questions to the same guy who wants to play, who wants to be on the field. And you repeatedly ask him, when are you going to get on the field? And he's like, dude, you know, ah, when I'm healthy, when I'm ready, I'll play. So does that make him, does that make him a malcontent? Does that make him a Kenny G because of the fact that he wants to play? No, people are saying, well, that's just him because he wants to get out there. He wants to play. He wants to show what he can do because he's a rookie and blah, 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 blah. Really? Because that's kind of what Kenny G's doing. And like I said, I'm not a Kenny G fan. I'm not, but I believe that if you want to be honest and you want to have an understanding, you don't, you don't sit there and tell the team, yes, we're, this is a daily competition, which I'm fine with It's a little college for me, but you don't tell the team, this is a daily, this is a daily competition, but then don't allow the persons that are in the competition to compete. That's a problem. 
And I think that's kind of what we have to look into. And we don't have to look into it now because the Giants are 2-0. and Right now, Dable's pushing the right buttons. Right now, people, you know, right now, these are gains that last year we would have lost. A lot of it has to do with luck. A lot of it has to do with poor play from the other teams. A lot of it has to do with the Giants coming up with a big play when needed. But I keep telling you this. It's one of, it's one of those things that... You just kind of th- you need to think about it a minute. You can't have these 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 conversations without actually thinking. And if you're going to sit there and tell me that David Sills is a better player than Kenny G or Darius Slayton, please unsubscribe. You can uh, you go down to the subs- you go down to the subscribe button and click on unsubscribe and go watch something else because you're too dumb to watch this channel. And I'm not, and people are like, you're just so mean when you say stuff like that. No, I just don't care because you know what? I don't want to deal with stupidity. Because I saw David Sills play. I saw David Sills play an entire game last week. And I looked at it at one point and go, this guy is not a professional wide receiver. And I even said, maybe some of the woes that Daniel Jones is having is because you're throwing to the likes of David Sills and Richie James. And I've said this before, and some other people that don't like Daniel Jones get mad because I say, you know what you need to do? You need to put the best players on the field skill position-wise to give Daniel Jones the opportunity to make plays. I'm not saying he can make them because there was plenty of film out there that showed that he had guys wide open. He didn't even throw the ball. But maybe, you know, maybe he just doesn't have the confidence to make those throws. I don't know. But like I said, I have no fault. I have no fault. I can give no fault to anything that, you know, Kenny G said. I have no, I have no fault to, to give, you know, I have no fault in reference to what Kayvon Thibodeau said. And I laugh because I go back to something. I think of something. The Giants, since this new regime has taken over, has been trying to control the media narrative for... I mean, since the day they took over, they've been trying to control the media narrative. They kept the media at bay. They kept them at bay. They they put out their own their own things in the media. They they've they've done a good job controlling the situation and controlling the narrative for the Giants. But now you have two players who have come out and said said things you you probably don't want them to say. And one of them is your seventy two million dollar wide receiver, and the other one is your top rookie, your top draft choice. So, and I've worried about this before. I said the, the media narrative may come back and haunt the Giants. I've said this. I said it a million times. Controlling, sometimes it's like a dictator. The first thing they teach you in a dictatorship is you control the media. That's why on these little banana republic dictatorships, what they do is they take over the radio stations, they take over the newspapers, they take over the television stations, they take over all that stuff, and they control the media narrative. So then you can say, same thing what they're doing in Russia right now. They, you know, they control the narrative. And if you control the narrative, you're supposed to be able to control the population. But the only problem is if you run into players that all of a sudden speak their mind, it makes it a little bit more difficult. Again, this is Tim with the Online Big Blue, bringing you the best in New York Giants sports talk and entertainment. And as always, if you can like, if you can subscribe, if you can ring that bell, I think you know what it means. That'd be awesome.